Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of I Hope I Get It. I'm Taryn Stain. This week I'm joined by the lovely Jennifer Austin. Jennifer is an actor, a singer, and a dancer. Her credits include A Chorus Line, As You Like It, The Wind in the Willows, The Drowsy Chaperone, The Boyfriend, The Jungle Book, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Are Dead, as well as a stint on board the Disney Dream, just to name a few. Jennifer is also the owner of JA Fitness, who happens to be our sponsor for this week's episode. JA Fitness is virtual personal training without the pressure. Training with Jane means finding your way into the fitness world with confidence, adaptability, attainable goals, and zero focus on outward appearances. Jane creates a program that works for you and helps you create a sustainable routine. You can you can contact JA Fitness on Instagram at J underscore A underscore fitness underscore. Jane, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be coming at you live from the closet. <laughs> <laughs> from the closet in New York City. <laughs> That's right. Um, we met when we both worked for DCL, when you were on <laughs> The Dream. So I always, I always start there when I'm speaking to anyone from DCL because I've had so many guests on the show who I, who I know, obviously through my work with Disney and not one single person's audition is even remotely close to what someone else has gone through. So true. So true. So, we all, it spans the gamut. Yeah. Right. So tell me about your initial DCL audition. Sure. I, yeah, I feel like mine is kind of unique, which is fun. Everyone, you know, you start off with like, what did you do? Where did you go? Um, so I was in Pittsburgh. I went to school in Pittsburgh at Point Park University, and we all were encouraged um, to miss class one day <laughs> to go to this Disney Cruise Line audition because they were in town. Um, and I learned the biggest lesson there. And the first thing that I learned was to be within the first five people of the day. Okay. Um, I say that I say that with respect to you know anyone else who came behind us. I. I say that with respect to, you know, my, to my own talent and like, yeah, I know, I, I know I deserve to be there, but I also know that I was within the first five people and that made a difference because mm. they see what they want and then they're done. So if you can be one of the first five and they're like, we know they can do it, got it, they're moving on. It's just how they do it, you know? Yeah. So I say that with the full knowledge that me and two of my other friends who were within the first five, we all got contracts. Um, so it was a very uh, interesting day. I, I stayed. I laughed so hard when I listened to your podcast with Teeny because I also got the little gold, the golden ticket. Yeah, everyone, everyone's <laughs> mentioned the yellow piece of paper. <laughs> Embarrassingly, I still have it because it was very emotional. So I saved it. <laughs> I love that. Side, it just, just says Believe Princess. Um, but what was really cool, so I did the same thing um, that many people have described, uh, a big day of singing and then a big day of dancing, getting put on film, getting measured. Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. um, so they they take it seriously. They really want to make sure that you want the job. Yeah. Um, when they asked you to be the swing, w was that the first time that you were uh, kind of being considered for a swing in a production? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had never uh, swung a show before. It was a huge learning curve. Yeah. I also was, I was also late to Toronto. Um, so I must've been a replacement. Mm -hmm. And so I was two weeks late. So that means that I, was, I had missed learning an entire show. 
Oh, wow. So okay. I got there. Yeah, I was fresh out of college. I got there late. The cast kind of have, had already bonded. Mm. And I just got to get thrown in um, and kind of pick it up as, as I went along. Um, they, luckily, I had, a, I had a great swing partner and I had wonderful dance captains um, who, and dance um, the choreographers who really, really take you by the hand and help you. Um, I read a book called Broadway Swings, which has been, to date, I would say is the most helpful, absolutely the most helpful thing if you want to be a dance captain, if you want to be a swing, any type of understudy, honestly, hmm. should um, read that book. It really, really shows you how to do this job that really isn't, uh, isn't talked about, I think, until you do it. Right. You need another swing and you're like, oh, you worked hard. <laughs> yeah, I um, one of my previous guests, um, Amber, she was a swing mm. for a show and she said that the swings just don't get enough respect in a way. And I guess it's because people don't realize how much they have to do. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know about, about respect. I think people know, the people who know, they know. Mm. Because, not to be too shady, but they know that there's someone there who not only can do their job, but everybody else's job. Right. And yeah. so that should be, that should be humbling. <laughs> um, yeah. You know that, like, I know how hard your track is because you can also do it, but I can also do these 20 other ones. Yeah. Um, so they definitely, I enjoyed it. I liked being the backstage presence. I liked not always having to take the spotlight. And one of the things that the book talks about is you really learn that you are not the star, the show is the star. Mm -hmm. And so you do whatever it takes to make sure that the show shines. So I think, yeah, maybe we don't get as much uh, praise as we deserve, but the people that know, they know. They know, that's good. yeah. That's, that's, that's enough. <laughs> um, would you do it again? Would you be a swing in a big show because those those Disney oh. uh, shows are they're big I mean there's there's a lot going on with those yeah um I loved my time with Disney Cruise Line I would I wouldn't go back for Disney um but I would I would love to swing a show again now especially after developing developing my own way mm -hmm. of understanding um how I go about the process yeah. after really going through that that's the learning curve that's the hardest and that yeah. most swings just like are drowning but then when you're like this is how I do it totally awesome yeah I would yeah. I would love it yes to do it on land yes please yes <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it would be easier on land because you would have to just know one show whereas on the ship mm -hmm. you have to know three <laughs> three at least and then we had the pirate show pirate night. and yes. then we would have the dance bites and mm -hmm. then we would have sometimes the winter shows oh yes like if it was Christmas show. time mm-hmm yeah, so there was there was always always something to do. Um, I know that you obviously um, auditioned quite a bit, but I know that you and because I know you've done you've done straight theater and you've done musicals, but you've also done Shakespeare, which I know is yeah. for a lot of people that's quite a daunting, you know, prospect to do Shakespeare. I know that I I am sometimes very intimidated by by doing Shakespeare. Um, mm. And I know that you, you've done a few Shakespeare plays, like you've done As You Like It, Love, Love, Love's Lab Love Labor's Lost. Um, what was your audition process for something that is so stylized and so specific, where the language has such a precise rhythm to it? 
Oh, that's such a nice question. I love talking about this. So thank you. <laughs> um, I do. I, I love Shakespeare. I have, a, I have a deep love for Shakespeare. And I think it's because I also love musical theater. And sadly, we, we have this kind of disconnect of, mm-hmm. oh, it's Shakespeare. It's really uptight. It's not fun. To me, they're so similar. They're so the same. Think of how many musicals end in all marriages and how many Shakespeare's end in all marriages. You're either all married or all dead, right? Yes. Right. Shakespeare's and musicals. That's how you end. Correct. <laughs> um, correct. So honestly, it is similar. It's similar in going, I understand that there's rhythm. There's a flow to what I'm saying. Um, and so that means that I have to be ready, warmed up, prepared, like, it, it, to me, they're just, they're hand in hand. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that it went, that it was too different in, in preparation, other than when you get into the nitty gritty, you know, mm-hmm. of how you analyze Shakespeare, um, which I just find to be a really interesting riddle that there are so many clues to figure out, um, whether that's going through, you know, all the different things that we learn within the text, um, finding the rhythm, finding the punctuation, finding the truth through all of it. Um, it definitely is intimidating, but I think that we put that on top of it more than anything else. And when you study um, the Shakespearean actors that are so incredible, mm-hmm. that those type of limitations just seem to melt away. Uh, you know, when you watch David Tennant, when you watch Shirley yes. McKellen, Judy Dench, you're like, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not thinking about anything. And yeah. that's, to me why why Shakespeare stands up is that because when you strip away all that extra stuff the truth is still there so it's just finding um accessing that and how that manifests within your own tempo that's so true because we we do that very easily for uh contemporary pieces Mm -hmm. so we Mm -hmm. should be able to take those tools that we have and translate it to Shakespeare I mean, I know some people might struggle with uh, the rhythm or with understanding what what it means. And you kind of have to, Mm -hmm. I I know for me, sometimes I have to almost like, can I get like a modern translation just to make sure that I understand the right, that I'm doing the right, that I'm saying the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. But see, that helps, right? Because then the more that you understand, the more you internalize it, the easier it's going to be for you to translate that then mm-hmm. on stage and communicate it with the audience. So I'm a big fan of, I mean, I, I do the deep dives. I go as deeply as you can, finding all of the different interpretations. Um, as many, there's so many gorgeous um, productions you can find online, especially now during COVID. They've released mm-hmm. so much footage of the RSC, of the globe. Um, so I'm, I really am a big advocate of watching the masters. Um, mm-hmm. And just seeing like, oh, they, they're respecting the text, they're using the tools, but they're making it their own. Um, and so I do think that there's a, there's a gray area and we can, we can absolutely find it. Don't be afraid of Shakespeare, it's the best. That, yeah, that, that was for me, because I, I, I can get quite afraid <laughs> of it. And so I tend to, I remember at college when they, part of, your, of our exams was they would encourage you to use, um, to find a monologue that was, that was an older monologue. So, and they were kind of hinting at, please try and use a Shakespeare monologue. And I was just so fearful of, of, of not, I think not understanding the text properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's it's, good advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the more, the more confidence you can give yourself within it mm-hmm. is very, very helpful. It doesn't have to be the strict, strict thing of like, okay, I know exactly what's happening with the iambic pentameter. But if yeah. you understand the character and then you decide, you know what? No, I relate to this. How can I make that jump off the page in the way that I would? 
to me that's compelling to yeah. watch and it makes it so that it's it's not so separate from any other any other work that we like mm-hmm. to bring to life um speaking about Shakespeare that just triggered something and I think it triggered because I want to say it's the same era um I know that you played you played Anne Boleyn in it was a musical right the King's Legacy yes yes so it's a, a newer original musical about yeah. um eight wives eight wives six wives six oh wives yeah six wives <laughs> um and that is in, that is new work. That's not like something that's been around forever. How did you get involved with that? Yeah, um, I got involved with this theater. It's called Bristol Valley Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, it's upstate New York. Lovely, lovely little town. And they were putting on the premiere production of this musical, um, written, everything, all of it was written by a man named Michael Roddy. Um, and it's so interesting because apparently, you know, everybody's very into the Tudors right now. Uh, yes. Because six, six. the musical yeah. is on Broadway, which is why I was like, hello, eight? No, six, one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's be clear. They, these are two different uh, original musicals, but obviously um, in some of the same subject, subject matter. Um, mm-hmm. The one that we're doing is definitely not a, not a pop rock moment, but a much more classical, like you said, kind of in the era um, devised piece of original work. But it mostly, instead of focusing on all the wise focuses on Anne Boleyn and what she went through basically in becoming, working to become queen and then her eventual beheading. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. <laughs> um, so yeah, I honestly, I, I didn't know the theater at all. I saw the, the ad on backstage and I looked into it and heard some of the music and I was like, ooh, I really jive with that. Um, and I went in, actually had a very, very interesting audition for that one. Um, but I did end up getting to do the job and it was really glorious to get to just kind of take on material that hadn't been done before and just, you know, be, be one of the first. Yeah. We love new material. I think, you know, in this day of, you know, a revival every year, we get a revival of something. It's so nice (laughs) to have fresh, a fresh voice, um, you know, new stories, or maybe the same character, like Amberlynn is a character that they've told her story 25,000 different ways. So, but every time there's a new way of telling it. Yeah, I, I'm, like I said, I love the deep dive. Mm. So I probably watched and read like everything possible about Amberlynn, um, which I love. Getting to play a historical character is incredible. Yeah. And getting to play one who basically has been so, um, not only tarnished but just misrepresented yes. through history. Mm-hmm. Incredible, and it was—it's very. Uh, what happened to her is very not just physically, um, but what has happened to her through the generations is really intriguing. Unfortunately, like misogynistic. Yes, she just kind of became whatever these different eras have wanted her to become. Whether that was mm-hmm. a martyr, whether that was this horrifying, you know femme fatale who came for yeah. this king um she's been represented a million different ways through history and so it was so fascinating to try and dig through and say like who who was this woman who do I think she was and who are we bringing forward in the text yeah. and which this show brought forward a very feminist very um empowered version of who this woman was who yeah. was just Henry, Henry's equal and uh at the end of the day, he didn't want his equal. That's yeah. what happened. <laughs> uh, Gino, and I think that you are the perfect person to tell that 
side of Anne Boleyn's story because you, and I've told you this before, you are, you're such a fierce uh, feminist and you are so, um, what's the word? You, how can I use, you'll use your voice so well in trying to um, tell female stories and to empower women. So I'm, I'm always so inspired by the, the activism that you do. So I love that you had the opportunity to take a woman who is not always looked unkindly throughout history, you know? She's, she's mm -hmm. often portrayed, like you said, um, in a really bad light. And for you to kind of, you know, like you deep dive. And so I think you're the perfect person to bring that story out. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I also didn't, I just didn't think that there was going to be this perfect um, kind of collision mm. of my, my passion for feminism and a role. Um, and there, there were so many good lines in that, that just, you know, fed my soul personally, <laughs> um, just about being just smarter than any of these people. Like, yeah, I, this is what she's doing. So, um, you know, that's maybe, whether that was historically accurate or not, that's what we went with. <laughs> um, it's something that I truly hope to do again. I, I hope that I get some type of opportunity to not only portray a fierce feminist, but mm. just feel like the work that I'm doing is advocating for and pushing different types of women forward yeah. into the spotlight where they belong. And how great that you can use your passion that doesn't necessarily have to only, you know, be tied to the performing arts, but just you know, in general, you know, the female role in general. And I feel like you will always find a way to highlight those qualities of whatever female character you're playing. Yeah, I, I think that that's when, you know, who you are has to come through. I'm in a, I'm in an acting class right now. And we just keep talking about like, no, let it be you, let it be you. And while I'm a big fan of, you know, I'm versatile, I can be whoever, I'm the swing, like put me yeah. in anywhere, right? Yeah. I do think that there's some, there's so much value to putting your uniqueness in and saying, you know, if someone else read this, they might not see that as, mm -hmm. you know, a feminist stance, but I'm going to see it as a feminist stance and I'm going to try and play that truthfully and honestly and bring that to the forefront in a way that hopefully is illuminating and a way that wouldn't be thought of all the time. I applaud you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm trying. We gotta find it where we keep. We gotta find it everywhere. It's there. Um, I know you know you live in New York, and I know you've worked in regional theaters, and you've obviously auditioned a lot. Um, what has been for you the best experience that you've had in an audition room? been so many good ones. <laughs> um, I will I will say there's a definite shift in the past, not the past year of the 2020, but the, mm. the previous year um, of my when I was 26, um, of kind of settling into who I am as a performer. Mm -hmm. I think when we first when people first get to New York or when you first get into whatever market you're at, there's that very intense, like, I have to do everything. I have to be everything. I have to just go in there and, yes. and be whatever they want me to be. Yeah. I think in my, in my 26th year on this <laughs> earth, um, <laughs> I, found, I found that 
more peaceful place to walk into a room. I often go to dance calls first. Um, walk into this dance call and to go, you know what? I'm in the top 15 people in this room. Uh, not, not to brag, just like I, I, I understand where I am at. I am at the top 15. And if you want me, if, it, if I fit your show, you're going to keep me. Mm-hmm. If I don't fit your show, you're not going to. It has literally no, nothing to do with my talent, with how hard I've been working. It yeah. literally is just like, I know where I'm at now. And so it was so much more peaceful. And I think made me be happier in the room, made me do better, yeah. made me happier after I left of like, yeah, you know what? No, I, I did well there, yeah. but you want something else. So like, cool, see you next time. Um, and I think that translated to what I will say is the best audition that I felt in a while was the one for King's Legacy. Mm-hmm. But not, not in the way that you'd think because I messed up. Um, I felt very good. I was auditioning for their whole season at Bristol Valley Theater. And I felt amazing about my King's Legacy audition. Mm-hmm. Felt great about the callback. And then I was called back for another show. And I was like, oh, great, I'll do my best. It turns out it was a devised piece of 60s like jams. Okay. And they asked this group of women, it was me and two other women, they asked us to sing Think by Aretha Franklin. Uh-huh. Um, I know this is a podcast, so your <laughs> listeners can't see me, but I am extremely white. <laughs> I uh, have one of soul in my voice I don't have it Taryn I don't there is not I do my best I do my best but I have no soul (laughs) in that way and I have no damn business singing an Aretha Franklin song and I was just full panicked I was like I don't not only did I not know how I was gonna do it I didn't really know the song that well, yeah. which I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Arisa. Um, so I was like, oh no, oh no. So the other two girls go, and I can't emphasize this enough. They shred it. They are unbelievable. <laughs> they get up, they're riffing all over the place. They <laughs> huddled over by the piano like, oh no. Like, I really want to be in this other show. I don't <laughs> want them to think that I am a fool. <laughs> ruin my chances for the show that I just thought like I maybe could have gotten I was like what do I do what do I do what do I do and so I tell this story because I think before I would have just been like you know suck it up and it's going to be really bad and everyone in the room would have been really uncomfortable and it would have just you would have spiraled completely I would have totally spiraled instead and I was like I've had a really great day with you all this is not what I do and they're kind of like chuckling behind the table and I'm like no really like I don't do I don't do this um they were very very kind and they were like you know let's just let's just go for it let's just see what happens and so you're supposed to kind of jazz your way through this piece there's a part where you pop up to this high high note and I was like all right here we go so I'm singing along singing along singing along instead of popping up I pop all the way down I literally drop it two octaves and just go and I leave. And they were dying. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I gave you my best. And we all were chuckling and like the callback ended. And I was like, you know what? Not to pat myself on the back, but I was just like, in that moment, I knew my limitation. I knew I couldn't do that. And so my choice was to say, I want you to know that I'm fun in the room. 
Yes. And then hopefully you will put me in the other show. show. <laughs> um, so it really like, it's so funny because in the moment I was full panic. But when now that you've asked me, it's like, yeah, that I would count that as I did a good job there. Yeah. And did it hap- happen to book the show? Even if I hadn't, I would have gone, you know what? Did the best that I could do in that given situation. Yeah. Um, but truly, I don't even want to do an impression of what I did on that Aretha <laughs> because it was not okay. Not okay. Um, and I I'm, hope that Aretha forgives me. <laughs> I'm so glad that you mentioned that you are comfortable or that you know who you are as a performer. I Because, you know, and it's so true. When we leave college, it's like I have to audition for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. So it's, it's, it's a disservice to myself to be auditioning for a show that I have no business being in, like Cats. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Can I, anyone I, be in Cats? I got my no <laughs> business being in Cats. Like, it's a, it's a disservice to myself. It's, it's a it's a disservice to the audience. It's a disservice to the company. It's I got no business being in cats. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. So I think it's, it's hard. I think, yeah, it's oh, important sorry, to know to know who you are. And and you're right. The older, or not maybe not the older, but the more you do it, you know, I think you start to you you have a, you start to make a peace with it. With okay, this show. This is really up my alley. That show, maybe not. Yeah, and I understand it's a it's a slippery slope because you don't want to limit yourself right. when it's like, hey, maybe that director is doing something different, and yeah, they do sure. want you there. Um, but it's more about you know doing enough work, being confident that you have you know put in that time on your training, mm-hmm. and knowing exactly like who I am, what I have to offer, and if it's you know a situation where it's not you're not going to be at your best it's okay to kind of deviate and I think there's risk within that it's not about being safe like I can't oh I'm not good at that no it's about finding like what is smartest for you and I was I was as I was thinking about what we were going to discuss I thought of the King's Legacy one and then I thought of I was up for final callbacks um to the China premiere of A Chorus Line Mm -hmm. and I forgot that this had happened, but I was, I had come in for BB and for Christine to be their understudies or to hopefully be a swing. At the last minute they asked me, they were like, oh, and here's Maggie, who is oh. a big belter. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, like on my way into the room. And I was like, oh, mm. and in that case, it was like, you know what? They asked me, I'm going to do my best. Like, here we go. Praise God. <laughs> At the last second, I did the first two. The casting director was like, and... Maggie, do you want to do that? And I was like, no, no, I do not. I was like, no, no, I, um, no. She was like, it's not what you do. And I was like, it's not what I do. And I loved that. I was like, thank you. I was like, I don't have to waste your time. We can, we can be adults about the fact that could I give it my best shot? Sure. Sure. But am I going to do it better than the 20 people you have right now? No. So like, go listen to them. Like, let's go. And I do. I, I feel very comfortable about that. I feel Mm -hmm. very good about coming to that place. And I hope that some people can just do a a little bit of self-reflecting and realize where is your energy best spent? 
because you, you can't be every you can't be every single thing you can Correct. be you right um you said that you know before you had come to this sort of peace within yourself as a performer that if if a bad audition happened you would have completely spiraled um yeah. what do you have any worst audition tales oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> just so many <laughs> i They've all been tinged with just like kind of humor, especially mm -hmm. recently. I'm, I'm just like, uh, I I did have a very, very bad, when I was young, I had a very bad Shakespeare audition um, <laughs> where I just, I remember completely word salading. It was just like a word vomit, like not the lines were not in order. They were not like a monologue just kind of like shot out word by word. I think I also tried to do it in a British accent, which was, you just don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that unless they ask you. <laughs> um, I just came in like Shakespeare, it's always British. Um, and it was horrifying. And I remember, you know, you overthink and you're like, what, what on earth just came out of my mouth? I have no idea. So that was, that was kind of the before. And now the, the after, how it would be now, like the most recent bad audition that I can remember mm. um, was a dance audition. <laughs> and every <laughs> dance, I, I would go to dance auditions because they see more people, right? They'll see more right. people at a, at a time. So it's more likely that you'll get seen and then hopefully get kept to sing. Um, so me and my best friend, we went in together and this was a very interestingly organized summer season. I'm not <laughs> sure what they were going for, but I kid you not, it was a very hard combination and they taught it to us in maybe, maybe five minutes. Oh. And we, yeah, we, everyone in the room was deer in the headlights. We were like, I'm sorry, what? On top of that floor, very slippery. People were falling all over the place. Oof. So we moved to the side. And when they move you to the side, they're like, we're going to call you in groups. And that's when you kind of go like, okay, I am going to buckle down. I'm going to watch everybody else go. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get it in my brain. Like, yep. I, I, will, I will do it in this moment off to the side. Unless, of course, they call you in the very first group. Oh. And so <laughs> they called my name. And I literally, like, hang my head. I start to walk forward. And I hear my friend go, like, very quietly. She's like, you can do it. You can do it. And as I'm walking forward, I hear them call her name. And I'm like, yeah, get out here with me. <laughs> we're about, we are about to fail. And we're about to fail together. And we truly did. We looked like baby fawns in that room. And we were just sliding all over the floor, honestly, looking at each other in the mirror and just like laughing because we're like, we're bad right now. We're very bad. And we, we should not be kept. They should not call us back. Uh, they did not. Um, <laughs> And we, we left and, you know, the coping strategy is going to Starbucks, getting, I get egg bites and I get a little caramel latte <laughs> and you leave it behind because I think it's harder when you were like, I was really good and they didn't mm -hmm. keep me. Yeah. If you're like, you know what? We were a yeah. garbage fire. That's okay. <laughs> See you later. Um, so that's easier said when you're going to an audition every single day. Right yeah. now goodness it's it's hard you you get that stress of like there's so few things I need mm -hmm. to do my best all the time um but I think having a friend and having the ability to yeah. laugh it off yes is really really helpful <laughs> yeah. um have you ever had an audition where it's been bad and then you do get the job um, no I actually don't <laughs> think so I I get a pretty good 
sense in the room I'll tell mm-hmm. you that because again I think it's just the time yeah and you're kind of like oh they were feeling me or like no they're really not feeling me like yeah. they, they, we just we were not feeling each other yeah. um I can't think of one I can't think of one where I was like but I bombed yeah <laughs> um yeah no it's been know and you're like I hope so I hope so Mm -hmm. Uh, or um yeah more often than not just walking out and going that ain't it kids (laughs) (laughs) not it (laughs) maybe next time (laughs) um you you said that you know you kind of if it doesn't happen you're fine you kind of walk it off um and then you know you said I go to Starbucks and I get my egg bites and my caramel latte (laughs) So um, what was, what would you say is your strategy in dealing with rejection? Oh, guy, what a question. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm definitely painting myself to be more put together than I am. But let's be clear, <laughs> I, de- <laughs> I definitely have my days and the days of just, of course, it's so frustrating mm-hmm. um, to feel like sometimes not being able to get your foot in the door yeah. and knowing you know, that's the other side of it. Like the work is good. And yeah. so when you're not getting seen and you're not having the opportunity mm-hmm. to show the work, that is super frustrating, yes. super frustrating. Um, I wish that I could say, I guess, strategies. It's not as much a strategy. I have an incredible support system. Yes. And I know that probably sounds like a cop-out, but really it means building a life that you care about going back to. Yes. You know, so if you... If I were to come home and be by myself, like yeah. right after bombing an audition, yeah, I would like think about it the whole rest of the day. I wouldn't get anything done. I would spiral all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, you know, not only who I'm coming home to, but knowing, okay, I have, I have a job that I enjoy. I'm going to go teach now. I'm going to go yeah. teach fitness. I'm going to go work with different people. You on have their... a life, you know? Exactly. Like, and like, I, like I said, it's, I'm not going to Starbucks alone. I mean, my friends are going and we're yeah. talking about it. We truly, oh, this is a strategy. When we're at that Starbucks, <laughs> we will process like, what did we do well? And what did we do wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, it's uh, you can take your learning experience and then move on. Yeah. So in that particular one, we kind of in that poor one yeah we said like hey yeah you know what our pickup skills they could have been better we could have at least done half of the dance really well yeah and kind of forgotten the last half but we said you know we got frazzled what did we do well you know we looked good we were on time we made it in the room we did all that we could do and you know what okay and then it's done um so I would the one strategy I would say is confine yourself to the time that it's helpful don't let it own your day yes right so you get you get those 10 minutes figure out what you learn from it maybe you write it down if that's if that's your way and then go back to your life (laughs) yeah Uh, and I know you said like oh it's it's a cop-out but it's it's not that that you have that that you have because there's Mm -hmm. so many of my other guests have said um yes I am a performer and it is my you know, it is my career, it's my passion, but I have other things. There are other mm-hmm. things that I go, to, that I go home to. There, there is yeah. another life that I, you know, a, 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 another job that I enjoy doing. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a, I had a Christina, a, a previous guest said for her, she goes and she gets an ice cream or a frozen yogurt. It has to be something that uh, will not last long. And she will eat that and she'll feel really sad while she eats that. But once that's done, she's done. 
And you Love have to that. kind of work through it because it, it'll melt. So it has to be something that's going to be gone very quickly, you know? <laughs> a chocolate bar can last another day. But if you, um, if you have your ice cream and then once that ice cream is done, then that ordeal is done and we move on. I love that. Yes, it's so important. It's so important to have that. I think the other thing is perspective mm. and that can come in many different forms. Mine comes in the form of a partner who is not in this world at all. Yeah. And while he's very supportive, very sweet, you know, we'll read lines anytime I need, we'll, you know, go to any musical with me. There's just such a great, great um, level of not getting it yeah. that takes me out of the high stakes of getting so stressed. Yes. And he's just like, oh, okay, like, but like life is, like, you're fine, right? Like life is going on. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, life, life's going on. I'm not in this production of cabaret, but it's okay. The world is spinning. Yeah. yeah, like the world is going to continue spinning. Um, so that's all to say that I appreciate that he can just easily pull me out of that yeah. and not let it continue to be, make it seem so much more important. Because at the end of the day, it's very important, but we're still just singing and dancing. Yeah. So it's all okay. And, and um, <laughs> it's, so, it's so true that you say that because I feel like because of uh, performers, uh, we are emotional beings. You know, we feel mm -hmm. things deeper than maybe a lawyer or an accountant um mm. you know and that's because our job requires that from us to mm -hmm. emotionally invest in something and to emotionally deliver something so I feel like something that to anyone else is like a broken nail for us it's like oh my finger had to be amputated you know it's like <laughs> right just, it's just so much really, bigger for us really blown up Yes. Yeah, it's it's blown up. I think that's probably just being trained too to have them right on the surface. Yes. Uh, have those emotions like immediately accessible. Yeah. Um, and to being trained to like express them. Yes. So you know the the lawyers, the engineers, anybody else might still be having those feelings. They just might be a couple more levels deep than directly on uh, directly on the surface where ours live, yes. ready to <laughs> emerge at any moment. <laughs> I feel I just feel so sorry for anyone who has to who is a non-performer who has to live with us because it's uh, <laughs> it's hard, man. <laughs> we 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 are a handful, a but handful. you know you, you but you, you love us anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, and you find a way to like describe it best. Like you yeah. know, if I'm like I'm like you know it's a it's a bigger day. Things are just like taking me down. He's just like okay, like okay. bring it in. Yeah, and then and you know we move along. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Jen, what is your audition prep plan, if you have any? Mm -hmm. um, it definitely varies based on what I'm going in for. Obviously, a dance call is going to look super different from the Shakespearean calls. Mm -hmm. um, I will say, obviously, lots of lots of warming up when I'm being good, but I do try because I, I notice the difference so starkly within myself. So mm -hmm. whether that's a vocal warm up, whether that's honestly, you should always physically warm up, even if you're walking in there to do a monologue, yeah. your body should still be, should still be warm. Um, when it comes to working like on the text or what I'm presenting, I like to give myself a mannerism. Okay. Um, that goes with the character and I find that that's a way to really just one so not something that's going to get in your way or get some that's like too too cerebral in fact it's the opposite of cerebral it's to kind of ground you and bring you back into the room mm -hmm. you have those moments you know when suddenly you don't know what to do with your hands 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so all the time. Exactly. So I feel I try and find one thing that makes sense to me for that specific character that they do. That's kind of a tick that is specifically something I never do. Um, so whether that's, you know, like brushing your eyebrow. I had a character the other day who was kind of like play with their jaw, like play with their neck. Like it was, has to be something physical that when I hit that moment and I feel like, oh, shit, I'm in my head. What do I do with my hands? I do that little tick. And then okay. it kind of brings you back. You know that you're then not you. You're back into the scene. You're back into the character. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It, I find it helps me so much. So if I, if I don't have that one little thing, I feel a little lost. Um, so I like, I definitely, all, with all the other important, um, you know, if you're doing t television or if you're doing a scene, mm -hmm. all the other work that you obviously need to do to prep yourself to go into the room, I find that even just one little moment will help you to stay grounded. I love that. I have never, I have never thought of that. And I am, because I, I'm doing it now, I am someone, I talk with my hands. Like mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm. my hands are very busy all the time. They're they're very expressive, <laughs> and and I um and so when it when it comes to like I have to have a moment of still, I my brain is like, what's your hands doing? Put, put them by your side. Put put them behind your back. What are you doing? Told them no. That that makes you look aggressive. What are you doing? You know. So I love yeah, that panic. I, I love that. Um, just just one little thing just to ground you. So that is, I love that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely feel it, definitely take it. I think it, it can be so subtle. Mm -hmm. Anything, anything small, any little adjustment that will bring you back into the space and not let you freeze up with your yeah. hands. <laughs> so, and, it's, and, and like you say, something that is not something that Taryn would do. You know, so something that exactly. is for for the that the character would do. Mm -hmm. Specifically, not you. I yes. think it helps a lot because yes. I got a lot of mannerisms too, and so I've had to like, <laughs> be like, okay, yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, so now tell me because you've just given us that wonderful pearl of wisdom. Tell me what is the best audition advice that you have ever received. Oh man, I want to do people justice. I've been given so much help over the years, which I really, really love. I, I think I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's the very, very best. Maybe the best will come back to me as, <laughs> as I, as I speak. But this, this is fresh on my mind because of the class I'm taking, and it's been so valuable and is really helping me shift gears, mm -hmm. or kind of completing the gear shift that I think has been going on for a bit, as I told you about, as coming into your own. Um, yeah. But I think the advice is to have done the work so much, you know, really done the deep dive that then when you go into the room to audition, you have the freedom to make choices and take risks. And I feel like that's a very common thing that we're told and then we don't let go of it, right? You right. like mark on what you're gonna do and you may, and I'm gonna make a face there and I'm gonna yes. do a little thing here. We, we almost over-prepare in that way. Exactly. Exactly. It's complete, yeah, it's a complete over-prepare. And when you're in the show, you're behaving very differently, of course, yeah. than when you're in the audition. Then that's when you set things. But in the audition room, I feel like it's, it's so important to 
allow the spontaneity to play, take place because that's when your uniqueness, like we talked about, your fun is going yes. to come through yes. and can still be channeled through the character, every little like tricks, but there's still so much room to play within mm-hmm. that. And I, I think that that's been, it's just been going around in my head since since I've heard it, or maybe I've heard it before, but now I'm really believing it. <laughs> and I, I think it's, it's so important for us to, to play, you know, I think we, cause we, we do go into that room. Um, you know, you're already anxious. You're already, everything is already heightened for you. Um, and I think we forget to have fun mm-hmm. and, and, not only are they looking to, you know, for somebody who can tell this character's story, but, you know, you have to work with someone for a period of time before the show even begins in that rehearsal room. So are you someone that, you know, is able to adapt, you know, in a rehearsal room? Mm -hmm. Are you able to be spontaneous if need be, you know, things like that. I think they're, I think they're looking for all of that and not just, oh, Jen can play this character. Exactly. Because then when you're in the room, right, and you set things exactly, and they yeah. ask you to change things, you're thrown for a loop and you yeah. don't do a good job. Exactly. Right. You're not you're not being present. You're not being adaptable. Um, so I think it's, it's totally smart, like you're like you're saying, to look past what you're doing and think about the people in the room. Like, what are they seeing? What are they mm-hmm. um, what are they experiencing with me holistically all the way around when yeah. I come into the room? Yeah. Um, and that is that does make me think of a, a great piece of advice from Liz Puccini, who is uh, a teacher at Broadway Dance Center. So mm-hmm. Dance, she was applying it to dance, but it's actually, I think, across the board. It's just that she will always say, like, you have an opinion about everything. You have an mm-hmm. opinion about every single move. Nothing is just a, oh, I'm getting to the next thing. You have to have that exact moment to moment I have an opinion about every step every word that the other person is saying everything that I'm saying nothing is just a connector every single thing has importance and then you just find that flow so that's definitely a great piece of advice thank you Liz I love her (laughs) (laughs) shout out (laughs) um yeah that's that's so true because even if you are um even if, I mean, that applies to even if you're reading text or singing a song, there's a reason mm-hmm. why, even if it's the word the, there's a reason why mm-hmm. the word the is in that song or it's in that mm-hmm. piece of text. And so everything has value. Correct. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. And then, you know, if it was gone, then you realize why it's there. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I like to think about. If that word was gone, okay, everything's messed up. Yeah, especially in Shakespeare. <laughs> Bring it back around. <laughs> um, Jen, I always ask um, my guests two questions, and there, this is like the fun, the fun stuff. You know, we spoke about okay. the work, and now we're just gonna have mm-hmm. a little fun. So there's two questions I ask everyone. Um, the first question is. Who, in your opinion, and this can apply to the theatre, film, or television, who, in your opinion, was so perfectly cast in a role that if they redid it every day for the next 100 years, it would never come close to that person in that role? 
Oh, I have so many good ones. I'm like, wait, who do I pick? Who do I pick? Okay, the one that is really like important to me <laughs> in life is, I believe it's 2010. Oh, I might be wrong on the year, but David Tennant was Hamlet um, for the Royal Shakespeare Company, and then okay. they filmed it. Okay. Uh, yeah, Patrick Stewart's in the in the film. Well, but David Tennant's Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Just perfect fusion of what we of what we discussed earlier, in my opinion. Yeah. Obviously, Hamlet is Hamlet. He, right. That role is iconic and uh, beyond iconic, mm-hmm. and so many people have done it so well over the years. But I think that I could watch probably David Tennant do it. Like if he was to take it on again. Yeah. I, I could watch every single performance from now until forever. Not like the same one, because I know it wouldn't be the same. Because right. he just lived in it mm-hmm. and made the text so accessible. And so, he's so good. It's so <laughs> yeah, I have watched it an uncomfortable amount of time. <laughs> um, but I think for, for yeah, how just like titan of a role that is and how, how just supreme of an actor he is was that was a beautiful fusion and mm, yep would highly recommend even if you just watch a snippet please please go watch it i will i will go and i will go and google <laughs> that absolutely because he's he's a really great actor and he he almost well no he not almost he does he disappears into into his roles mm-hmm. completely i i can't say enough about it especially when you consider that he's like doing an accent over mm-hmm. his like over his own and just so glad that they recorded it honestly that's all I can say about it (laughs) (laughs) okay the second question is and this is predominantly for the theater if you could play Mm -hmm. any role male or female what would it be (laughs) well I definitely can't say Hamlet now but that would have been my answer um we can do Hamlet I'll take that but is there something else (laughs) Yeah, I um, I love Sally Bowles. I would really love to get a crack at being in Cabaret. Mm-hmm. That is that is definitely on on the list. When I think of like, you know, when you're kind of going not going through the motions, but you're like, oh, yes. I don't really want to do my singing lesson today. But I was like, you know what? I do want to do my singing lesson because I want to play Sally, and so I'm trying to build that build that belt up a little bit to yes. uh, to get to Sally Bowles level. Whenever that next revival is, let's go, guys. Let's go. That's me with let's anything go. goes. I'm like, oh, uh, I really don't want to go to tap class, but if I want to play Reno Sweeney, I have to go to tap class. Oh, <laughs> I have man. To be, I have to be so perfect. Oh, now tap class. That's where I'm I'm really, really behind right now. <laughs> Girl, me too. But, <laughs> but I will keep at it because I really want to play that role. Amen. Amen. I think it's it's good to have those things that we set up and then we keep keep aspiring yeah. towards. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Jen, thank you so much for speaking to me today. I, you've given me so much to think about and so many things that I have never thought about that are now kind of like ringing in my head. So thank you for that. Uh, before I let you go, please will you tell our listeners how they can keep up to date with everything that you're doing? Are you on social media? What's going on? Let us know how we can keep up to date with everything you're doing so we can be there when you play Sally so we can book our tickets. Tell us how we can keep up to date with you. Oh, my. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Knock on wood. Um, You are the best. Thank you. You have been kind 
things to say. Um, I am definitely on social media. <laughs> I am on it way too much. Um, you can find me at Jennifer Arfson. That's my regular account. I also have my personal training account, mm-hmm. which is at JA Fitness, um, which has come, come out of the pandemic. So, you know, I'm always there if you want some affirmation and um, workout advice and free workouts and mm-hmm. stuff that you can, you know, do at home, stay in shape. And then, yeah, I have my website that I'll, you know, I'll keep up to date for, for tickets yeah. <laughs> when, whenever that's needed. Um, but so we'll be in the front row. <laughs> Thank goodness. I'll fly out. Um, <laughs> no, I've been so grateful to, to be able to do this with you and honestly to stay connected over social and just, yeah. I feel there's been so many, so many artists. Um, just doing different things and reaching out to other people in this time and I, it's, it's been so wonderful to see I've, I've been overwhelmed and, and happy to see that it's happening this so pandemic has just um how resilient are we though as an arts community man mm-hmm. you cannot mm-hmm. touch us when it comes to that we I've been will I've been we will find a way to make our art <laughs> hey man yeah it's it's been more than impressive even in the even in the most trying of times. Yeah. So thank you, Jen, once again for joining me today. Listeners, you can keep up to date with the podcast. We are on Instagram at Hope I Get It Pod. I'm on Instagram at Taryn Stain. Um, thank you, Jen, for joining us. I hope that you, you guys will join us next week for another episode of I Hope I Get It. Thank you, Jennifer, and also to her small business, JA Fitness our sponsor for this week's episode. Don't forget that you can contact Jen for all your virtual personal training needs on Instagram at j underscore a underscore fitness underscore.